welcome to The Readings Podcast, a fortnightly celebration of books. Today's episode is a conversation between Readings book buyer Mari Matteson and actor and author Miranda Tapsell about Miranda's new book, Top End Girl, a deadly memoir about being bold, black and brave in work, life and love. A warning, as this podcast was recorded via Skype, there has been an impact on the sound quality of the episode. Here's Mari. Welcome to the Readings Podcast. I'm Mari, one of the book buyers at Readings in Carlton, and I'm here today with actor, screenwriter, producer, and now memorous, Miranda Tassel, whose book Top End Girl is due out in just a couple of weeks. Welcome, Miranda. Oh, thanks for having me, Mari. It's my absolute pleasure. Uh, In these times of social distancing, we are finding ourselves recording in strange places. I'm on my living room floor battling my cat who keeps trying to get on top of the keyboard. Uh, Where do we find you today? Um, I am currently in um, my uh, my guest room. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I, you know, I kept um, I kept the um, I kind of think I might end up turning um, end up turning it into an office um, because uh, yes it was it was mainly for you know family and friends to come and stay but um I think this massive uh this massive queen-sized bed will just end up being a, a pile of wood in the corner <laughs> yeah the only thing we're not allowed to do at the moment have people come and stay <laughs> yes yeah. exactly um yeah uh yeah, it is a, it is, it is quite, um, it does, it is a strange feeling to be um, uh, promoting, um, promoting something um, in this time, um, especially with uh, the hit that the arts has taken. Um, yeah, huge. Uh, but um, yeah, it's, um, it's going to be, it's going to be a tough. Uh, a tough few months I think several months I think so um you know I think uh but I was, uh, I was quite uh, I was quite touched by um how well it was how well it was received when um I announced uh the release of the book um uh I think uh, I think a lot of people are turning to books for for a bit of respite from all the from all the COVID talk um I don't I don't know I can't speak for other people but I'm certainly a bit um I'm it's certainly uh it's certainly I'm a I'm talked out (laughs) yeah I understand completely and you're very right um we uh at readings of also had to of course move online so I'm now answering questions from customers in my living room uh and the biggest uh question I get is can you please recommend a feel-good book something funny something to take me out of what's happening right now and I now have your book to recommend to them as soon as stock's in store oh thank you because it is such oh that's really kind and um such a good like sit down and chat book in a way I find is that so what 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 brought you to writing the book you've done a lot of other things you know you're active you've uh taken on producing writing your own work so you've done writing before I know you've been host of a podcast how, how do we get to memoir um well the uh, the lovely uh, Vanessa Radnidge um, um, approached uh, me and uh, my agent Grace um, about having a book. Um, so uh, it was, um, uh, you know, the film was about to was about to um, kick. Uh, you know, the film had uh, was was going into production. So yeah, and I had gotten engaged. So. Um, it was uh it was really um it was really e- excellent for um for Vanessa to uh for for Van- I was very I was very touched that Vanessa had uh, reached out to me um because uh yes um uh you know I I do really I do really love those books where um well, I I love reading books where I feel like the writer has uh, gotten a 
you know, has given me like a glass of wine and, and said, well, let's chat, you know, when I feel like that person's only, when that writer's only speaking to me, um, it just feels like uh, it just feels like a beautiful, intimate conversation. Um, Nora Ephron did it really well with her books, and um, and and so I, you know, I really wanted to sort of capture that kind of um, uh, that kind of essence in in Top End Girl. Oh, and you absolutely have. Like I, I am loving the sort of the one on oneness of it. Every now and then you uh, you'll have a comment where you uh, mention something in Australia and I'm like, but I'm in Australia. I already know because you're chatting to me. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was one of those. Um, I I guess like um, it was a. Uh, I think it is. There's. I still have so much to learn about being a writer because you know this is my first book. So naturally, I you know there's always a bit of nerves. Um, <laughs> And I, and I guess one of the biggest, um, I guess one of the biggest learning things that I've had to, um, that I would like to kind of, ex, you know, that I would kind of keep honing in on um, in my craft is like, how much do I, how much, how much do I assume the, the reader knows? Like, you know, um, because, you know, I don't want to, I, I don't want to talk down or like too much to, um to the people that are reading it um but at the same time like how much do I how much do I let them in on as well I think I think that's always something that I'm interested in um that's what I'm always interested in with um any discussion really yeah I think um I mean you do that very well and I actually really enjoy that mix um that you have of the personal anecdote and then the the stretching out into the more political conversation, the the wider social or um, cultural aspects of where that anecdote has has led you. Where you know, so when you're uh, going back and forth to high school, when you're coming down to uh, do the workshops at NIDA, or you know, talking about what people know about Darwin or what they know about Kakadu, um, including you know your jazz. The, t- the tap dancing issue um, when you want to train up. Those sorts of things, like that, that, that little bit, those bits of texture followed by like larger conversations about how Australians view Darwin or culture, race, all of those things. Um, you just do that beautifully. Um, is, is that what you're aiming for? Are you aiming for like a, a chat, as you said, but with a, like a, a grounded context? Oh, absolutely. Like, um, I, I think, um, uh, I've always, um, I've always, uh, I've always felt the need to be honest with how I think and feel. So, um, and, and I guess the important thing for me and, you know, the, uh, the, the important thing about making, the film Top End Wedding was that I just wanted to, I just wanted to normalise Aboriginal life, um, and so you know, and so uh, so much of the book is about making the film. Um, it, you know, I did really want to lead everyone into that by saying, this is how normal my life is. This is, this is every, this is what goes right in my community and in my family. Um, and while I don't want to ignore, um, uh, the issues that affect the wider Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community, um, and how that impacts on my family, um, I guess, uh, uh, I, I guess it's it's just for, in order for people to um, understand where I'm coming from. I guess it's uh, it's it's being able to establish that common ground as well, and um, and see that uh, that there's there's a lot to there's a lot for them to um, just. I, I guess seeing that giving that humanity back to my community makes it makes all of the issues that affect them more accessible to people outside of the outside of the community and experience well I mean it 
it and it works incredibly well like you do that with with a lot of lightness um but also with you know enough anger and and frustration i think that you need in those sorts of conversations i love that comment that uh you make about how you quite like to sit back and drink rosé and watch Ozark rather than like break down you know structural racism and things for white people um yeah and absolutely yeah sorry what were you gonna say (laughs) just gonna say you'd quite like a break and I was wondering how that ties in for you too with your movie um which is so funny because a rom-com is like your everyday thing it's Mm. the normal thing and it's also the most fun thing and it's the thing that I think people as you say get let don't get like you're talking about uh, rom-com for people of color but you know this is sort of your first um, Aboriginal rom-com of this nature so I mean with your book and with the movie you're doing that idea you, you were saying about normalizing but I also maybe just about getting to do what you want to do is that part of it? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, um, right. I think, <laughs> I, think um, I just wanted to, you know, um, I wanted to, uh, uh, what's, so, um, what's so liberating about writing a book? Is it any, you know, if I'm asked the same question uh, time and time again, um, uh, in terms of like representation and um, and the like, uh, I think it's really awesome that I can then turn around and say, well, if you want to know any of this, read my book. I just feel like it will, like it's just a bit of, um, I'm just, uh, you know, my a bit of my time, I get a bit of my time back, which is, yeah. uh, which is really nice. Um, uh, and I and I think uh, for, for people who may who may not have who may not really interact with um, Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people on a daily basis, I think it's just a nice window into that world and and um, and uh, and seeing the validity in it. I mean, absolutely. Uh, and I um, what I really liked that you did. Uh, throughout the book is the, the sort of the little start so like when you start the um you had the breakup you're about to do the movie so I'm just setting the scene but I'm not giving it away because you know it's a good <laughs> there. and you have that little line um being single you know it's expensive and I'm like yes <laughs> in the city is so expensive why does anyone talk about that first that's <laughs> That, yeah, that's the essence of both your both the book, both the memoir and of the rom com, and in the way that you spoke of Nora Ephron writing is just those little things. Oh yeah, like um, I just yeah, I've um, I I just uh, thought okay, well I've got to keep to um, I you know I've I've got to have I've got to have some some sense of some sense of humor um about myself and and one of the big reasons that um i I kind of uh enjoy um uh a lot of the things that um that nora that nora efron in the way that nora efron writes is because um you know there's um she's always keen to see the funny side of things. Um, this, one of her sayings that really sort of stayed with me is um, everything is copy. Um, I yeah. believe that's what her, I believe that's what her parents taught her and, yeah. um, and it's what, um, and it's what her, you know, HBO documentary ended up being. Mm. And it was, um, that was the title of it. And, um, and it really stayed with me because I thought it was a beautiful way to kind of embrace your mistakes or um, your some of your more embarrassing moments um, because uh, yeah I it's uh, you know let's let's face it I'm the world's biggest dag so um, yes the John I think the John <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's, uh, I think it's one, it's, uh, I found her, 
that's why so much of that's why a lot of her work uh like resonated with me and I thought okay well that's sort of the spirit that I want to write in and uh hopefully from that I end up building you know my you know that my voice continues to grow and build and I'm and I make it my own yeah and did you find this process as you're saying you know it's your first book is it a very different process to for instance to uh screenwriting Oh my goodness, yeah. Uh, screenwriting is is like writing a haiku. You know, <laughs> it's it's so ridiculous. It's just you know you've. Um, I mean, I I love. I, don't get me wrong, I love it. Um, but the, yeah, the biggest challenge of screenwriting is that you have to you have to trust in the fact that it is a visual medium, and you have to allow a picture to say a thousand words. Um, but uh and uh, and so you know after after four years of um after four years of learning how to condense everything now jumping to a book you know uh it was Vanessa and her team at Hachette that was saying you know you can really delve into this and I was like oh yes it's a book <laughs> you have to like yeah it can to... be more than two lines <laughs> Yeah, that because yeah. it's, you know, because you can't depend on pictures anymore, you have to paint that picture. And so um, uh, I found I found that a very, uh, I mean, I know that's a really obvious thing to say. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, but, yeah, it, it's um, it's one thing to understand that on a, on a very intellectual level, but to actually go and, uh, to actually go and do, to write that is, um to take that leap of faith and do it is um is a, is a is a whole nother conversation and um but uh that being said uh in throughout my career I've never been ready for the opportunities that have come my way and I've been very blessed that um that those that I that someone has you know that uh people along the way um have been willing to give me that shot even though you know I might be quite green um and uh while I'm no stranger to writing um I think it was really uh it was a new challenge and it and it was exciting and it was um and it was obviously very uh it was a lot there was a lot of hard work there was a lot of blood and blood sweat and tears but uh there was also it was also really um, to be able to find my voice through writing uh, has been such a has been such a uh, a, a wonderful and um, empowering thing. I was wondering about that too because I feel like uh, one of the threads of of the memoir is that uh, those chances from other people, the kind of the opening up of space how absent it is and the you know you you uh give a lot of thanks to great luck and wonderful people and open opportunities but it also feels like it could also be read for some of us as a bit of a how-to as well like you know if you've never seen yourself you can't become something so you're actually laying there what it is you might do like how you might do a short course or how you which is great is that part of what you're wanting to do too Oh, thank you. Um, oh, I never really, I never really saw it that way. So I appreciate that you, oh, um, thank you. <laughs> that you saw that because, um, yeah, I think, um, I think I just wanted to share the fact that, like, um, I, I haven't been scared to uh, ask for for what I want um, because I think the people around me have taught me that the that um, uh, that the worst thing that could happen um is that people say no and um uh so i so a part of me so i and i guess there's an element of that is uh going into a new decade like going into my 30s as well um but uh but yeah it's it's actually um there is you, you do feel really uh, that it is a confidence boost to to know that to know what you're worth as well and um, to be able to uh, approach someone and say I would really uh, I would really love to make or do this 
can it happen? Um, because, uh, yeah, I think, I think that's, you're going to, I, I guess I, I've, I, I really, um, don't want to look back on my life and go, gee, I wish I, I wish I asked, or I wish I tried to, to do something. I think, um, I found from the book too, and, that uh, and listening to your podcast too that you do with Nakia Louis. Yes, you did. Yes. Yeah, pretty for an Aboriginal. Uh, um, which you go into in the book and in the podcast about the popular cultural cultural. Well, let's not say popular cultural, just cultural um, representation of Aboriginal women and expectation and all of these things. But and in the book you talk about all of these and you talk about the very everyday things you do, like, you know, staying in Engadine or, you know, I, I'm from Wollongong and Newtown, so <laughs> I know the Shire, I drive through it a lot. <laughs> um, normalising, I guess, which is the same thing you get from rom-coms and the same thing, the, the normalising aspect. Like, yeah, as you say, the worst thing that can happen is you don't get to. They say no. If you didn't ask, you'll never know. But that feels like a political act in itself to know that you can ask, even. Well, uh, absolutely. And while I know that, you know, there's, there's, um, while there's always uh, different circum, uh, different circumstances and um, in people's lives that, you know, that that can hold them back. It's, it's, it's not a. I'm not trying to apply a. Um, a sort of um, one-size-fits-all kind of approach. Um, it's just about, um, it was just about me speaking honestly about um, knowing that um, I have, um, that when an opportunity has come my way, I've taken it and run with it. Um, and... and um, I think another big thing that I really wanted to um, that one thing that I really wanted to make very clear in my book is that my perspective is just one perspective. Um, it it's not going to be it's I'm not going to necessarily share the views of every Aboriginal woman and uh, Aboriginal women deserve the freedom to think differently from one another um that doesn't mean we can't be in solidarity you know um so I think I wanted to make very clear that with this book a a part of normalizing um my experience is that people see um see my uh my experience as just one experience and that you don't that you don't apply the way I see and do things as the same is the same approach that other Aboriginal women and Aboriginal artists like myself are going to to take. Oh, look, and I think you're, it works really well. It does feel very one-on-one. It feels like I am having a chat with you. Oh, excellent. That's so good. Um, that's definitely what I, I get from it. Yeah, absolutely. It is one view. As we all That's, are one person in a larger scheme of things where we understand the influence of each other and things, but yeah, we are one person. Yeah, and I'm and I'm not saying that, you know, my book is going to change the world or do anything like that. But I, I'd like to I really hope that if there's if there's one person that reads my book and sees um me and and my community a little differently then I know that um I've served like the the book has served its purpose that I did you know um that I that I did what I set out to do and and what you found for yourself at some point eventually oh absolutely yeah because you speak a lot when you um first uh get your first sort of part at uh Belvoir about Yes, Yibby Young. Aboriginal actors getting to work with people in on their own work and sort of seeing them work. Oh yes. And I and I guess um uh the thing and I think uh what was so important about the book was um 
also just telling, um, just sharing with other people in my industry as well that I, I, I got, uh, I got good at my craft because I was given permission to do it. Um, and I, and I mean, that's, that's what, um, that's what the, the Kate Blanchett's and Nicole Kidman's and Yvonne Strahovski's and Asha Keddie's all got given, they all got given these, and they're like, they're, they're wonderful actresses, but they got, they went from, you know, great to exceptional because someone, someone was giving them opportunities. And so I guess it was really important to share that, but it's also more than it's also more than just opportunity perceptions won't change if people don't get a window into um a different gaze um so uh that's why that's why representation representation to me is um is no small thing it's not everything but it's something Oh, absolutely. And what you were saying about it, you know, you're feeling if your book does that for someone. I mean, your film has done that for many people. Uh, the roles that you've played, you spoke about being on Love Child, being on Channel 9, normalising the idea of actually potentially seeing an Aboriginal face on television on Channel 9 that's sort of not in a very strict colonial thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and I guess that um I guess what I really the the way I've been raised mm. um by my parents um and my um and my families um is that uh is that you know uh that you always have to bring you always have to bring them along with you for the ride. Um, uh, and I think the, the reason why I mentioned so many people in the book and that I'm so, that I show a lot of gratitude and um, is because I know that I didn't do this, like I didn't make this film alone. And yeah. um, my career is built on people teach uh you know guiding me and teaching me and um giving me that support so um uh, I think but but also I I can't understand how someone would want to go on that trajectory alone either um it would be you know and I guess one of the things that makes me really vulnerable, and I guess it's um, I guess it's a, an only uh, maybe it's an only child thing. I don't know, but it's um, and the thing that really kind of affects me in the really well written rom coms is that they touch on people's loneliness, yeah. and um, one of the um, it's it's you know there's nothing there's nothing wrong with being alone it's it's you know to be independent is great but um uh, that's different from that's being that's different from being lonely and um and I and I guess um I was really lucky that you know my mum and dad both came from really big families as I mentioned in the book and yeah. so I constantly was surrounded by I was constantly surrounded by company I was surrounded by cousins and like 8 and 13 or something you said uh, uh 8 and 12 8 and 12 sorry yep no that's okay that is a lot it's still it's still it's still a big number um, a huge number and, yeah. <laughs> and um it's you know it's it's wonderful to come from you know to to, to be to have such to have such um a big extended family um and so uh I think um it is it was so important for me to mention all of these names in the book because uh, I was I was never alone in in this journey, and I think that works in reading it too because you, I don't feel like you're alone, which is great. 
when I'm reading about it, like, you know, it's your voice. We're hearing about your experiences. But you do populate it with all of the people around you, all of the other people who've helped and, you know, all of the sort of all of the people you admire, who you've mentored, mentored, who's mentored you, who you've worked with, who come in and out of things, like like any life, you know, it's full of people. It's not, apart from at the moment, but, you know, life is full of other people even when you're doing it singularly, which yeah. happens a lot. And I think, yeah, the way you start that where you're, you're writing a rom-com or you're researching the rom-com <laughs> I mean, I was always told after a breakup, you just watch the West Wing. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's what I should have done. (laughs) That would have been the smart thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not watch watch my best friend's wedding. Like, you just can't. I'd forgotten that until I... Until I was reading about it, I had forgotten that film. I mean, I've, I've seen it, yeah, absolutely, but I'd forgotten that aspect. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> often it's, so little touched on is uh, friends, friendship. Well, yeah. Um, it's um, – and that's what's um, – I think the really, um, uh, I guess um, – I know it's kind of I know it's kind of strange to um to wanna to to uh to continue writing a rom com. Uh, the thing is I'd already started writing um Top End Wedding. Yeah. Um uh before my breakup. But it was yeah, it is um it is one of I I guess uh I just enjoy, I think everyone um I know that there'd be a lot of people who just aren't into the genre and that's and that's fine. Um, but personally, I just enjoy it because, um, you know, I, I love, I just, I guess I really strive off watching really uh, charismatic people. <laughs> I mean, you know, um, we all do, don't know, uh, cross paths and 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 allow their allow their friendship and then ultimate relationship to bloom I think it's um some I mean it's it's what I mean there's always space for there's always space for film and television and books to kind of explore um you know the um uh the uh how heartless humanity is um I know, I know that, I know that there's, there's, you know, I think there's, that's always, I'm not saying there isn't room to kind of look into all of that and talk about, you know, people's, um, uh, I mean, with all the Breaking Bads of the world, like, I love, I love Breaking Bad, I love Game of Thrones, like, you know, um, um, you know, there's always, there's always, room for those but I think I think every now and again it's kind of um if we don't remind ourselves to be kind and to uh to think outside of yourself um then we just would never we would never think to do it so (laughs) yeah and uh, and so yeah I mean I I feel like um I, I mean I mean, I guess really well timed. Yeah. I mean, also because I was thinking as I was reading about uh, rom-coms and comedies in general and I, um, sorry, I'm a bit of a history nerd. Um, I studied uh, American um, popular culture in the 1930s at um, uni during the Great Depression and one of the things we studied was uh, the rise of screwball comedies during the the oh my god, that's so awesome! You know, and they and some of them dealt with the depression as well. It was there happening in the background, but that distillation of just comedy was what people needed. Oh, oh, abs- absolutely, um, and uh, and I mean, they're just uh, there's so much craft to them as well. Yeah. Um, uh, 
I, so I, I, I love about it. Yeah. It's just beautiful to watch. Um, And I know that this is probably um, much, much later down the track. Mm. Um, but um, uh, one of the, I just can, I just adore the apartment with Jack Lemon and Shirley MacLaine. Yeah. Um, and because I can see that there is so much, um, there is so much, um, there is so much meticulous kind of um, choreography going on when it comes to just all that, just filling in all that little detail of what they're saying, what they're doing in between what they say and when they say something and um, how they plant how they plant a little idea and then it pays off later. Like all of the, the, there's always like, you know, there's, there's cause and effect in everything, but it, it's really wonderfully done. And um, I, I, and I think, I think it is important to, uh, I think it was also the reason why I wanted to share my love of rom-coms to people is that I can see that, you know, that, like the the Meg Ryan's and the Tom Hanks of the world, like really, uh, it's more it's more than just them rocking up to set and reading from their script and saying their line. Like you can see that um, a lot of a lot of math goes into it. <laughs> yeah, there's a depth to those films, as you were saying. You know, they've got they really have other themes as well behind it. It's not man meets woman or boy meets girl or you know, it it's every like it's it's grief, it's family, it's loneliness, it's yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know that 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 genre can certainly open up more to all different types of love. Um, I believe. Um, oh yeah, and and, and it eternal, could really. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, my eternal, my eternal quest is always finding the best queer rom coms. Oh man. Yeah. Like we all do. Uh, yeah. If you if you uh if there's any, please let me like if there's any more that come along, I mean, please mm. let me know because Well, one I, of my favorite early ones was Love and Other Catastrophes when that came out. Oh my Night. goodness. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Francis O'Connor was being Carrie Grant and I'm like, oh, this is all you need. Yes, yes. More of that. Yeah. More of that. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Day was being, you know, Randolph Scott or who's, who's the Bellamy, John Bellamy, one of, you know, the the nice but sort of hokey small town boy in it. Yes, yes. Yeah, that kind of. I haven't watched him in a while. <laughs> falls in love with, you know, they're always the extra guy who's, you know, are they actually going to get the girl in the end? But, of course, obviously Cary Grant's going to get the girl, so Francis O'Connor is going to get the girl. Um, the whole thing, yeah, like. That kind, you know, I think um, for me, what resonated so much the entire time I was reading your book is just getting to be part of something that others take for granted that they get to be part of. So for granted that they don't even realise that they've excluded anyone else from it. So that sense of you know, uh, getting to be the centre of the love story rather than the best friend, you know, whatever, you know, as a person of colour, for me, as a as a queer person, like just getting to be the centre of the story for once. Well, especially because, you know, uh, uh, like uh, it's not as if, it's not as if um, love and love and friendship is only exclusive to you know to the Reese Witherspoons and the Catherine yeah. Heigels of the world like it's um I think it, uh, I think it's I think it's important to explore that in this genre as well because um not only is it that it's such a universal human experience it's it's also it's also something that's going to connect people, even though we may come from different walks of life. I think it's sort of important to um, to sort of uh, learn about each other through that way. Yeah, I think 
you speak of it when you're uh, talking about being the person in the kitchen sink drama, but I think also I love the bit where you're meeting James, obviously, because this is a rom-com, so we have to get to this bit. <laughs> so when we get to where you've um, – I love his uh, little uh, sides <laughs> come into it and so that you get that beautiful back and forth. I mean, is that like that's that's clearly a homage to uh, all the great rom-coms. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I, uh, one of my, one of my favorite, one of the, one of my favorite, um, one of the reasons why I love when Harry met Sally so much is that, um, uh, each kind of, each kind of episode in the film is kind of broken up with, um, uh, old couples sharing the story of how they met, um, and uh, I just, I just found it just so endearing and um, really heartwarming. That um, and also, I think it's, I think because James and I, in particular, um, are at odds to how we met. Um, that it's a running joke between us. Um, uh, I thought it was just too kind of, it was just too kind of funny to not. Um, to not have that, the spirit of our relationship in the book. Um, uh, so um, I, I thought that was, um, I'm so I'm really grateful that uh, he let me drag him into it. <laughs> yeah. And it, just right. It's such a joyous part of it where you just sort of agree. And then this, and then your parents and the whole, like the car. And I'm just thinking, oh yeah. And then as you're right, it's that personal particular thing that makes something universal. We all, we've all workshopped a um, text message before sending it with our friends. Because <laughs> <laughs> yes. you said that, I'm like, yeah, of course you do. I have one of my friends used to take my phone out of my hand and write for me. And I'm like, well, they're not even going to know me now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that. I think that's the exciting. I think that's the exciting part. That um, that uh, I think that's one thing I'm excited about the release of the book. That hopefully the people um, the people that read it get to take my side. I think that's one of the biggest things that yeah, definitely. I, like I want to. I want to win this. <laughs> You've chosen the perfect medium. Being in the <laughs> is always the way to control the narrative. <laughs> I might have to start a poll on Twitter. Who was right, Miranda or James? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but make sure everyone's read first and then they'll know that it was you. Call oh, it. absolutely. <laughs> After they've read the book, they can take the poll. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's been really wonderful talking to you about the book today. Um, I'm really excited for you, for it to be out there. Um, and I'm excited for everyone to get a chance to read it. I think it's a perfect book. For this situation oh. where we're all stuck at home on our own thinking we used to have lives <laughs> <laughs> oh thank you so much mari and um, i really love it and mm. thank you so much for your for your support i you know i adore um i adore readings i can't help myself when i when i uh leave um the cinema nova in carlton i can't help myself but walk into the store so um uh, yeah. The last book I bought before the pandemic was um, Melissa Lukashenko's Too Much Lip, um, uh, which is a great book. But yes, yeah. um, uh, yes, it is very, it is very, the location of that bookstore is so dangerous because I will always end up. <laughs> That's how we do it. I mean, I've it's, it's put in like a travelator across the street so everyone doesn't get hit by cars trying to get from Nova. Oh. The that book. would be that would be excellent. Or maybe um, not a tunnel that's also a bar. Oh my goodness! That's yes, the way. Yeah, I have yes. a lot of ideas about this, <laughs> <laughs> and I've always thought, which I think you'll appreciate, that um, that area of Melbourne is rom-com land. I'm also from Sydney, and so when I moved, I thought this is ridiculous. There's like fairy lights in the tree. Like Meg Ryan's going to turn up, wandering out of one of those cafes soon, going into that bookshop. 
it is it is so like that and yeah. it's it's the it's the kind of it's the kind of bookstore like that you can picture two people grabbing the same book at the same time and looking and sharing that <laughs> and that being a nice moment rather than us breaking up a fight <laughs> yes absolutely but you know we have a lot of characters um so usually what we do when we're finishing off these podcasts um and sometimes we get to have props and things we're in the same room is uh i ask what's on your uh, bedside table for reading at the moment but i do remember in your book you said that you love coming together with family and friends by talking about films what you binge watching what you're reading so can i ask you which films are keeping you going at the moment do you have a show you're binge watching and have you had a chance to uh gather any more books or get back to any books recently um yes so okay uh <laughs> it's okay it's safe space. please please don't please I don't judge me this. four seasons of the bold type so it's a safe space Oh, my goodness. I love the bold type. I love the bold type. Um, and I'm just like, I'm just going to watch the whole thing again. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is so um, uh, what's what's kind of been uh, what I've kind of been enjoying at the moment is um, I've I've actually been watching um, uh, The Good Fight. Um, oh, yes, yeah. I, I'm addicted to that show. The um, spin-off of The Good Wife. The spin-off of yeah. The Good Wife, yeah, because I just, yeah, I, 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 I just think, um, I just think all the, all the, all the characters and the actors are just wonderful in it, and um, I'm always, yeah, it's just so gripping. Um, so I've been watching that, and um, I. What, oh, um, did you did you ask me what I've been reading as well on yes, my bedside yes, table? Yes, what you've been reading or are planning to read. It's harder than we think at the moment reading sometimes. <laughs> well, um, I've actually been really getting into um, – I've really been getting into audiobooks of late, um, so, <laughs> so I hope you don't mind. No, no, that's okay. <laughs> we sell those at readings. Every- <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so um, so other than reading too much lip, because um, I I took a long time to um, I kept getting distracted with work and getting back into yeah. it. I've um, I've actually been listening to the to the Tom Hanks um, to the Tom Hanks um, book. Yeah. Um, uh, so yes, I've been I've been en- I've really been enjoying that. He knows um, that himself. Pardon? Does he read it? He does read yes, it himself. He so he's got <laughs> yeah. the most. He's got the most wonderful voice. Um, yeah. and I'm a and I'm about to. Um, I'm sort of. Um, I'm reading a lot of things at the same time. Yeah. Um, which I know is a big no-no, but I think I think in this time it's just okay, like anything goes. Book selling. I've usually got ten books going at once. <laughs> yeah um I've uh I've actually been um uh sorry just give me (laughs) no no um um, I've actually uh another book I've sort of um been starting is um room for uh, room for a stranger by melanie cheng yes um yeah. so yes i've yeah i've really i've really been enjoying that as well i think it's um it's a very sort of touching it's been a very touching book to read so um i think it's i think for, or I think for me personally, I've just I've just needed to uh, find things that um, that bring me a lot of joy. At the moment, I can't do true crime. I can't um, I can't do anything like anything too dystopian or bleak. Like I just truly, I just truly need to uh, I just truly need to find things where um, people are. Um, being thoughtful and compassionate and um so if there's any that you can recommend please let me know oh 
Well, I was actually wondering if you'd read um, Less by Andrew Sean Greer that won the Pulitzer a couple of years ago, which is a comedic novel. <gasps> oh, my goodness. No, I haven't. Yeah, I definitely so, have to order that one. Yeah, so it won, it won the Pulitzer and it's a comedy and, as you know, getting people to take the craft of comedy seriously is difficult. Um, uh, it's also a queer love story. It's about a gay man in his early 50s. So it's Aww. it's just joy. And it, he goes around the world, which is a thing you can't do anymore. And he's an author, so he might be able to give you some tips that you probably don't want to oh. take tips on how to uh, do publicity. That is brilliant. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Bless, Andrew. Actually, I don't mind, I don't mind uh, books about travel. I think, they, I think they make me really happy. I feel like they transport me somewhere because I can't go anywhere. So I don't think it. I don't think it depresses me as much as other people. Yeah. I, I like people sharing um, throwback photos of their last trip and, or, you know, I think yeah. it's great. Well, <laughs> I hope that uh, you uh, get to have many more of these conversations with many, many more people, which I'm sure that you will. Um, and I can't wait to see the uh, Twitter reaction because that's where we all live now, um, if we didn't before. Um to the release of your book. Uh, good luck. Um, and it's such a fantastic book. I can't wait for everyone else to read it. And everyone out there who's listening to us now talking about wanting something fun to read, something great to read, something that just brings you joy and increases your empathy and your, you know, reliance on other people and your understanding that they're all good people. Miranda's book is the one. So thank you for having Best review ever. Thank you, Mari. Oh. That is my pleasure. Thank you so much for talking to me today and to all of our listeners. And your book will be out at the beginning of May. Uh, April 28th. April 28th. So get in early, everyone. Okay. Uh, thank you so much, Miranda. Have a lovely day. Uh, enjoy the rest of your virtual publicity tour of the day. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I hope to see you in person with your book in store when we all get to do those things again. Oh, thank you so much. Please stay safe and healthy. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. All the best. Goodbye. See you later. Thank you. See you later. You can stream previous episodes of The Readings Podcast on our website, where you'll also find all kinds of bookish recommendations and plenty of great books, music, film and TV. While there, you can sign up to our e-news or to receive the free monthly print newsletter, The Readings Monthly. Production and music for this podcast was provided by Tom Hoskins. All of our podcasts are recorded and produced on the lands of the Kulin Nation. We respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners of this land and that sovereignty is never ceded.